0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel El and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Before I get started, take a split second out of your day. Drop us a like. Smash that like button. Thank you very much. We appreciate all the likes that we get on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitch or on Twitter, hop on over to YouTube, drop us a like. We appreciate that. On today's show, we're going to talk about that stat that we've all heard. right? We've all heard that stat. 90% of day traders lose money. Where did that stat come from? I don't know. Is it true? I don't know. We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll also talk about earnings. We had uh, Zscaler. We had Dix. We had Nordstrom. Uh, GameStop. Actually, the meme stocks were moving yesterday, but I didn't see the headline until later. Uh, that GameStop is apparently getting into NFTs. Uh, we're we'll talking about that headline as well because um, I'm s- we're not quite convinced that it's real. I don't know. The website looks kind of strange. Anyway, so GameStop, meme stocks moving again today. Uh, our guest is Chuck Self. He is with iSectors. He would run the show at 8.35. Uh, don't forget, everyone, we are ge- doing a, uh, a giveaway, a 100,000 subscriber giveaway where we're giving away a free share of Tesla. How do you enter? You click on the link in the description, and you enter the YouTube code SLIME SLIMERAZ is the YouTube code. Enter, click on that link, and you will win. Or you could not, you will win. You could win a free share of Tesla. Let's throw it to Joel now. Joel, how are we doing this
3: morning in the markets? uh doing well straight up from that uh that close at four o'clock We're up 12 handles ninety seven fifty didn't even see the close at 8550 nor yesterday's high uh just an update down day update down day last four days uh crude that's in the red by twenty four cents at e at sixty-five eighty-three. gold's doing good finally cleared nineteen hundred uh up eleven dollars and sixty cents at nineteen oh nine sixty silver. In the 28 handle, let's see if it could stay there. Up 15 cents at 28.21. Bitcoin, you talk about an up and down market. (laughs) Up today, $2,600 at $39,300. Quoting the futures markets there, folks. And Ethereum, back up 13%, $325 at $2,839 uh triple d kind of a yo-yo market over the last couple sessions how how you looking this morning
4: not even really yo-yo i I guess you could say it's yo-yo chopping around a little choppy um i'm looking okay yesterday morning at this time i was like looking like i was underwater i actually ended up okay somehow um it was just a really good open i had a couple stocks that opened significantly higher for me and um some of my longs and a couple shorts on that actually open lower so i actually in the pre-market it was looking rough but then the open happened i was like oh i ended up okay somehow sometimes funny days like that you know i am always trade market neutral so i have equal longs and equal shorts so i'm you know on any given day it's not really the market that's, you know if i'm hedged correctly it's not really the market's going to impact my day trading performance it's my stock selection so um, today, I'm kind of looking okay so far, but you never really know until you get the open because a lot of stocks I have are pretty illiquid.
3: And I, I'm going to pat myself on the back is. for uh, for reading the tape uh, because uh, you usually don't leave during a guest. I and mean, I was just looking at you and I haven't seen you in uh, person in a while. And, uh, you know, I'm like, ah I didn't, you know. I wonder if Dennis is okay, and you actually, and I and I texted you during the show, and you caught it. You, you know, I can just tell, but uh, you know, it's a. This is a good segue into something that you wanted sure. to discuss. Um, uh, a stat that you saw from Steve Burns uh, uh, on Twitter.
4: He just retweeted it widely, not okay. calling out Steve Burns. I we know Steve; he's a great guy. I don't know if he's been on the good show time. before. Um, Let's get him widely on the followed. Show. But, he, but what he tweeted, and maybe you can show the tweet, Spencer, or I can just read it to you if you don't have it in front of you. i it um, But it's a widely heard stat. And what uh, Steve Burns tweeted, um, so again, not calling out Steve Burns, calling out the statistic, which is, I've heard for a decade or for decades. Um, 90% of day traders lose money. So even a break-even day for you makes you in the top 10% of traders on that, on that day. So I'm calling out this 90% stat because I really don't know where this comes from. I'll tell you a story. So... Back when I first started at Bright Trading, this is back, you know, when Joel was the office manager in 1999, Uh, the girl I was dating at the the time, my college girlfriend, her mom uh, sat down with me after about three months after I started. I was about three months into Bright Trading. I I hadn't been making money yet. I was still down. And she sat down with me and said, look, 90% of day traders lose money. She's like, you need to find a different career. That's what she's told me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out because I'm only three months in. It takes a while to learn. I do believe that the majority of traders lose money, especially in their first year of trading as they kind of learn the ropes. Uh, my my PNL started the same way. Um, just lucky uh, on the first week. Remember, I, I made money my first week just by BS luck, not really knowing what I'm doing. And, and my career before that, I came from retail. So trading retail stocks in university, then started up right trading full time right out of college in 1999 and um or university in 1999 at the Detroit office under Joel Alconin and the first uh, did you tell
3: her who your mentor was (laughs) (laughs)
4: that's what I should have said I got the best mentor in the world this guy was on the floor in 87 he knows what's going on um and I did have a great mentor in Joel Alconin obviously teaching me a lot of different things and there were so many good traders in that office in the Detroit office. But, you know, the first six months I lost money. I did. I lost money in the first six months, but I could see I was like getting more consistent. Like I was just basically just trading expenses that were getting me to a certain extent. And, you know, that is, you know, obviously something when you're trading actively, you're going to have more expenses. So that is one thing working against you as an active trader. And I, I do agree with that. But, you know, the consistency started to come for me after a few months and then after about 6 months i got my account back to even and then i never looked back and i've been profitable every uh, every year since then so 22 years of consecutive profitability and that's day trading slash overnight trading some day traders are specific day trading i'm i'm 24 hour trading call it where i'm going in and i'm usually out of everything on my day trading and my break trading account i go close it out. At 10 a.m. every single day, I go flat. So after the open, and then I take a few hours, and then I come back in the afternoon. We know I don't trade from about 10.30 till about 2.30, so about four hours in the middle of the afternoon. A lot of choppy hours in there. I think if you're trying to day trade in those hours, I would believe that maybe 90% of those scalping hours, those are really tough hours. It's very very dominated by high-frequency traders. But just going back to the original stat, do 90% of day traders lose money? Where does that come from? Um, interesting enough, I, I posed that question on Twitter about an hour ago, and I did get a response uh, of a paper from MacroTrader. Thank you for sending me that. Um, and this was a paper that studied day traders. Um, I'm just um, re- quickly looking at it. It's a, a tra- it's a It's a paper from 20 years ago, too. So it's a paper from a long time ago that um, was done, looks like, by Brad Barber at the University of California. And they looked at Taiwan day traders. This was in May, May 2004. Um, and basically, I didn't read the whole paper because I couldn't do that in, 30, in 32 pages in, uh, in the last half an hour, especially, you know, because I'm still doing other things and prepping for a show. Uh, but it looks like they were, you know, it's transaction costs that were really hurting performance. So they said the gross uh, amount of uh, the, the 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 day traders there, which they did say in this, the majority of day traders lose money, and they had the number really high, too. Um they had, yeah, they had the number really high too, but they were saying transaction costs was really what was impairing the performance. So that makes sense too. One thing to consider is that transaction costs have dropped considerably mm. since 2004. So, you know, we have free trading at Robinhood. Now we know free is not free. There's still spreads you have to pay. So there's still, you know, some, um, some costs that are hidden. But when you look at, you know, stats, you probably, if you're comparing it back to when these people were throwing out this 90% stat 25 years ago, costs have come down a lot you know even at bright remember we used to pay a bright a senate i know mean, that was like yes can i ask on you one side. question can i yeah. interrupt
3: yeah the yeah, 10 yeah. o'clock thing are you and i really think this is important like so if you have you, are you always shutting it down you're not you're not yeah. hoping that a loser comes no. back that, no. that, that i need nope, it all not nope whatever I
4: yeah, because I'm because i leaving my my desk too. So okay, I got I the young want... kids. This is basically a thing that I've done since I've had the young kids. I got the four-year-old and the six-year-old. We know I trade the pre-market. I trade some of the after hours. I can't be trading 16, 18 hours a day. I got kids. So I really enjoy that time where I take three, four hours off in the middle of the day. And I go, you know, obviously with COVID, it's been really easy because my kids aren't in school and Spencer's not in school. So, you know, I do some schooling with them. I, 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 it's family time for me, really. So, that's what I've done for the last few years here, really, since I've had kids. Um, I've taken those hours off in the middle of the day to try to be more with my kids and to help them. So, yeah, at 10 a.m., my bright trading account, this isn't my long term investing account, completely different. You know, my long term investing account, I've held Apple, you know, and MasterCard, you know, for a decade, you know, like different stocks. Just talking my bright trading day trading account, 24 hour trading. I enter positions on the close, I enter positions, and I'm entering and exit all the time. I do lots of in and out, in and out, in and out. But once I get just through the open, I'm trying to get out of my, a lot of my stuff on the open, but I sometimes get in some stuff on the open too. But after 9:45 to 10 o'clock, unless the market's really crazy, I shut. You know, I, I basically get flat. I get flat on that account pretty much 95% of the days. I'm getting flat at 10 o'clock. So so yeah, and then I can analyze. You know, how was my performance over the last you know the day the, the for the day, and I can you know book in my profits and. Um, you know, look, and, and it's it's very consistent. I mean, my day trading has always been much more consistent than my long term investing. Like I said, I always feel like I'm a, a really good day trader. Long term investing, it's still I kind of move with the market, you know, market gets hit up, my long term investment account goes down, markets going up, my long term investments count going up, markets going down up, my day trading performance is usually in the green, you know, I'm green most days. So I think you can develop some consistency. So to just have this thought that 90% of day traders lose money, maybe it's right. Like maybe there is. Maybe it's how you define a day trader. But I I challenge, I think that number's high. Uh, One, because when people were throwing that stats out, transaction costs were a lot higher. Um, But, you know, there is definitely, I think the majority of day traders will lose money because of, you know, their personality traits. Discipline is the number one thing that gives keeps you in the game. If you're not willing to cut losers, I, like I said, eventually you're going to get hit pretty hard. So, I mean, you've got to be disciplined. There's a lot of different, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of different personality traits that make, are going to make you a successful trader or not a successful trader. But you know, there is this, you know, persona that all day traders are just gamblers. I mean, Warren Buffett has said it in the past, and I actually think I'm a risk manager as a day trader. You know, from my perspective, more as entering thinking about how much money i can lose i'm i'm looking at risk management so i'm the opposite of a gambler in my opinion but um you know if you're outside and you're looking at this industry you're thinking oh yeah they're just gambling i think long-term investing is sometimes more of a gamble than my day trading i mean what are your thoughts joel you've been on both sides of this you're no longer like your your bright trader active day trader oh, but you know no. you still it, trade but you yeah. were there i mean you were a floor trader where the majority of floor traders, the locals on the floor are losing money? Where 90% of the locals
3: on the floor are losing money? Uh, I doubt
4: that. that no, high.
3: no, I mean, because there's different, you know, there's order fillers, they're locals. Uh, I just think that the complaint, and I think the one thing that you've done the best is adapt to the different markets and the different styles. And, uh, you know, that's the key. I think with um, uh, one thing that I had a hard time with was, uh, you know, desolation. Uh, Just for my style of trading and you have to adapt, but you're right. Grinding it out during the day is it's a tough job. You're competing with the computers. And what I find, uh, you know, for me personally is when the market's closed, I can do my levels. I can put my orders in overnight. I can have risk reward. And because me looking at it is not going to do anything but influence you know, you know, making decision out of it. So you mentioned personality, you mentioned adapting to the markets. I think that that the stat that, I think that's a deceiving stat because over the last year, I mean, some people have had some good years. Well, and, it's probably
4: and, in the last yeah, year, that's, that's yeah. probably 90% of traders are making. Making money, yeah. Probably because we've been in a bull market. Yes. So. And, and 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 you know a lot of day traders are long only traders. I think the majority of prop traders. I think this. You know. I think the majority of prop traders probably go both ways. Meaning oh, you have they to do long short. Oh, you have to. Yeah, because you, you if you're going to have longevity in this industry, you've got to be able to survive the bear market. So, and like I said, you know, I know some great traders. my best years again were 2001, volatility. 2008, and March of 2020. Those were my best. That was my best month in a decade march of 2020 you're like how you know and stocks are going straight down one i was biased coming in because i saw it coming you could see it coming but two it's just the inefficiencies go up the inefficiencies go up meaning uh, if you're a relationship-based trader stocks stocks are going you know down two bucks and then the the paired up stock is not moving yet inefficiencies increase and you know and that's kind of what you know bright trading is we're more looking at from a quantitative perspective so it and, and great points in the chat, too. I mean, it depends how you define a day trader. Are you talking about, you know, and then and this study that, you know, I just cited from Taiwan, which I could put a link to um, that study the Taiwan traders. You know, they were looking at a, a person who does one round trip a day as a day trader. I mean, it's, it's a different animal, too. Like if you're just taking you know, anybody who's just starting with a Robinhood account and saying, OK, well, yeah, they made a trade day trade that day. They're a day trader. So how do you define what a day trader is? Um, You know, are we looking at, you know, professional day traders, meaning the ones that are sitting with prop uh, prop firms where they've got training and they've got a lot of resources behind them. Um, But it's interesting, you know, I don't know really where that 90% stat originated. Uh, Steve Burns, thanks for bringing it up here again, because, you know, like I said, this was said to me by my girlfriend back or my girlfriend's mom back in 1999. So, I mean, this is a stat that has been out there for decades. You know, that 90% of day traders lose money. You know, you're crazy to try to go into something like that. But there are a lot of successful day traders, and we've got some in our firm that are they're successful and consistent every single year. So if you can get, I guess, to be in that top 10% or in that 10% that are making money, those traders are very, very consistent. I just challenge whether that 90% number is You know,
3: another up. thing, too, and I've, uh, I have thought about this in our audience, too. Like, I, I don't know everybody, right? from, you get a feeling for the swinger, you know, people that trade, but what about, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that maybe are older, maybe are retired. They're keeping a close eye on their portfolio. You know, they do options every once in a while to hedge their position or something like that. It's just like, you throw that classification in there. Um, it's very hard to define. And then another thing that you talked about too, and we discussed is the short, like the shorter time frame right the more the competition. If you're you're, oh, if yeah. you're expanding yourself out you know even like to a day or a swing or you know a week or two, I mean you are eliminating the competition because a lot of the computers shut down at night, right they and do. they're not stepping in, start, in front of your bid and offer. So a lot of different a lot of different uh, uh, descriptions you could use for that. but what we try and stress is uh, risk reward, you know, identifying relationships in the markets, and you know, just you know, keeping a head on a swivel and and looking for different things to to analyze and to trade. And it's uh, it's it's a tough game out there. But if you are disciplined and you are able to adapt to different markets, look at relationships, listen to the pre market prep show every day.
4: <laughs> We're trying uh, to teach day traders, like our focus is probably to the day trader on this show. We're always talking different trading ideas for the day, setups. We try to do a little bit of long-term investing. We try to put different hats on. But, I mean, our focus is to that active trader, that trader that's trying to look for an edge. And we're trying to look for setups. We're trying to look for different, you know, edges. We're trying to look for, you know, the, the market overall. Because, you know, we can really, you know, and market timing is very difficult. Uh, but, you know, we try to get a you know a feel and give our thoughts and our opinions. So. I mean, we're trying and we're trying to educate traders here, too. So I I do think you can be a successful day trader. So I'm just saying if you're a newbie, um, you know, think about you can think about the 90% stat. And you know, if it's not working out for you, you know, maybe you're just part of the 90%. I just don't know if that 90% stat is true for one thing. And then I just don't want to discourage because there's a lot of probably people out there who could be very successful day traders. So um, I think, you know, it, it's, been, it's made my life. Day trading has made my life. That's why I take probably personal offense to it. I, all of my wealth, basically all of it has come from day trading. You know, yes, I do long-term investing, so it's helped to build it along, along with it. But all of my, you know, my, my income, 100% of my income on a, on a yearly basis comes from day trading. So, And I mean, like, just 24-hour trading, in and out. Like I, like I said, I've, I've adjusted. and I do some overnight trading, which I didn't do years ago. I didn't do any. I always closed everything at 4 o'clock before 2010. But you've got to adjust, you know, and you find different edges and stuff. And I found, like, I had a lot of edges overnight, probably from those stats where, you know, you can see the, the there's more market movement overnight. So volatility, you know, where the VIX starts to go low in those years, like 2012, 2013, I'm trying to find more volatility by going after hours. Because you know, when the volatility goes down, that's when my PL goes down. So to keep my PL up, I've adjusted my trading hours. Obviously, pre market after hours is a tough animal, so I don't suggest any new trader to try those hours, but it's all about making adjustments, and that's what'll make you lo- uh, successful as a longer term trader.
3: All right. Is Spencer still with us?
0: What? Did someone
4: say? <laughs> oh, I,
3: you slept through that one
4: too. He's still trying to recover it's from not, this Nashville no, trip. I mean, still, where he partied like he was 19 years old again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every minute he gets, he's like, "Oh, this is an opportunity for me to have a five-minute siesta here."
0: <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> All right,
3: take it away, Spencer.
0: Um, no, but I, actually, to, to the last point Dennis made is the point that I made when we talked about this before. Was I? I think I don't know, but I think that that stat. Probably just refers to anybody that's ever attempted to be a day trader. Anybody that's ever tried for a few weeks or a few months to make short term, and by short term I mean intraday or short term swing trades. Um, and that ninety percent number encompasses everyone that tried that, and most of them fail. And we know this, so that that was my thought. It's it's not referring to like professional traders. Was was my uh, assumption from that stat. Let's talk about. GameStop here. Uh the meme stocks had a good day yesterday and then I didn't see this headline until late uh after I'd already gotten home. Yeah. Um but this GameStop NFT thing, and I'll bring up the site. Yeah, bring it um, up. It, I mean, apparently it's real. Apparently it's real. Benzinger reached out to GameStop, didn't hear back. It was after hours, so um not not a real surprise. Do we have confirmation that it's real or is this just I mean, there, it,
4: not that it's real. The site is obviously real. Did GameStop put this site up? Like it's on their. Look, it appears to be on their website, nft.gamestop.com. Um, don't you but, think? But, if but they have you got? Call, you got? You
0: guys try to call GameStop. Did they respond? Right. No, like I said, they
3: didn't oh, uh, responded.
0: It was late. Um,
3: but don't so. you think if it wasn't true that they would come out and say it?
4: I don't even know if they know it's there. Like that's why you got to contact. Uh, like, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't hit major media. And that's flashing all over CNBC. No. So, you know, this is like, you know, in the, in, in the social media, in the Reddit world, you know, and obviously, in, in, you know, on Twitter and, I don't know, Discord or what, I mean, all these other social media platforms there where they talk stocks. They're talking about this. And the stock's up 16 points because of it, I believe. Um, but. Is the question is did GameStop actually put up this site? Because look at this—the this site looks very cheesy. So there is—it doesn't look pro- like a professional. There site.
0: is a guy, and uh, I wish I could scroll scroll up and remember uh, who mentioned it in the chat. If I see you, I'll give you a, a tip of the hat. But there is someone in the chat who mentioned that there is a, someone on Twitter who is claiming to be the head of blockchain at GameStop, and I'll, I'll bring up his his profile here, uh, Matt Feinstein. Um So. I mean, from that sense here, the, I would
4: like—I I don't like to take any of my confirmations from Twitter. And I know I, Benzinga yeah, is very careful I too. I know. I, I'd like to just give GameStop. We're gonna have Benzinga. I'm gonna have Benzinga call GameStop today and just get confirmation. And, and in all
0: likelihood, maybe they did.
4: You know, maybe they we, did.
0: We, we, we did call, but again,
4: it was like this they haven't call. responded. It was after hours, this so we was, need. Yeah, so we need to get a response. So we want to get a response to you know if this you know is indeed their website and they put this up that's what we want to know um so that and, and and maybe it is you know maybe it is like you hope it is i, I um i hope yeah. it hasn't come to you know a point where people you know there's somebody putting up fake websites so i hope it's real i hope gamestop did put this up because i don't want to think that the markets you know are getting to a point like the, where this crap happens but we have seen this happen before
0: it, it, yeah it does seem a little bit weird that they would just be like hey if you want to join our team email us like nfti gamestop.com um it just looks cheesy. It it's doesn't not, even look like professionally done. It
4: does look like. Good. I mean, GameStop is still a billion dollar corporation. You know, usually these corps are putting up stuff that doesn't look kind of cheesy like this it looks cheesy to me if gamestop did put this up it's actually disappointing website like in my opinion (laughs) it's disappointing you know because obviously you know the stock's going up and we want reasons to we want reasons to you know for the stock to you know be up at 225 dollars and be worth you know the market cap that it is but it doesn't seem like um it, it just doesn't look like that professional of a site so that's why I challenged so, right away. I'm like, is this was this put up by GameStop? So yeah. NFT.gameStop, It's on. It appears yeah. to be on their server. Yeah. So I don't know. Can you get like a? I don't even know if you can get a a, a domain where you can put a dot in front of somebody else's, you know, NFT dot GameStop. I'm, think, I'm not sure I the answer to you that. Do that. Yeah. I tried to do it on GoDaddy just to try it myself, and I couldn't do it. So so maybe this is GameStop's. But I would love for GameStop to just have a confirmation from to Benzinga. Yes, we put this up. This is our site. And then that's okay, cool. Wait, so that's what you know. We want to get that confirmation. We wait, have not got wait, that. confirmation. Wait, wait. stop, stop, stop,
0: Wait, what did I just click on? <laughs> I, I, I just clicked on. There was a little dot. Thanks for telling me that, the Joseph, the uh, the white pixel okay. in the corner. Yeah. All right. Wait, wait. I don't know what's happening. I, I well, let's go with this. All right. Okay, we're
4: watching this live. I just press tap space to start. Do it. Oh wait, wait. Is, is this a game? Oh come
0: on. Oh my gosh. That's Why? fun. I'm playing a game. That's fun. It's a little what, cat jumping over rocks. I don't know what's happening <laughs> right now.
4: <laughs> is anyways, this is this it? It's a cat in space jumping over rocks. Are you jumping? Yes, that's me. I'm pretty good at this. No, I oh, you died on that rock, Spencer. <laughs> Come go. on. Oh, oh, oh.
3: How do you guys all do right. that?
4: All right, all right. Um, uh, enough of that. Anyways, we're, we're going we're gonna to try to get confirmation for you today. Watch your Benzinga <laughs> Pro. We'll
3: get your confirmation, yes or no. 229 pre-market that? high that's all i have to say uh, highest it's been and a long time what's this i i'll just give you guys some levels even though they don't matter Two thirty one forty seven march 17th this high. is wide
4: open um it's over 200 i got quoted in reuters and i said um i, I, I got a call from a reuters reporter asking me about this and i'm like it gets over 200 dollars, it gets the buzz going I mean, you know, where the social media is talking about GameStop's back. It's over $200. So, I mean, it's being driven by social media. Um, and maybe this site is going to be another driver for that as well. But they're talking about the site all over social media. Uh-huh. So it's that, that's the driver. The driver here is social media. It's been the driver forever. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't going down. It hasn't been going down. I was actually looking at this about a week ago and saying the stock just doesn't go down. So it doesn't go down, maybe it wants to go higher. So the stock can go anywhere when stocks are disconnect, disconnected from their fundamentals, price can go anywhere. So I would not want to be short this right now. I don't have the guts to be long it either, but it can go anywhere. So wide open. Oh, it's up 25% in 24 hours. So wide open. AMC same story, stock disconnected from fundamentals. So we got the Reddit trade going on again. We got these stocks, AMC's had a big 2 days, big 2-day move from 12 to 16 to 17, it's wide open as well. I believe somebody said, I don't know if this is true or not, but with the dilution that AMC is actually trading uh, at an all-time market capitalization high. So I'm not sure if that is true. I just read that somewhere because there's obviously been some dilution. So the stock doesn't have to get back, the price doesn't have to get back to all-time highs for the company's value to be at an all-time high. But I heard that as well, which seems insane in this declining, you know, where movie theaters aren't probably as popular as they were 10 years ago. That's the market environment we're in. We're also seeing costs, K-O-S-S, getting some life yesterday we know these three were always kind of moving together another one was express expr i'm just giving you the old reddit names that kind of were all trading together there was about a dozen of them that all started moving together bed bath and beyond we're not seeing a lift in that but we saw that one back in january um so you keep an eye on these and you just you know obviously just be aware i don't know if the short interest has come down but these were the stocks that were at the reddit stocks that they were squeezing back in january
3: Mer- Muriel Siebert's not participating
0: Thanks for that um, and, and, and and you know, just with, with regard to AMC In particular, you know That there's going to be a point in the next I don't know, six months When that backlog of movies That got put on hold They're going to all go into theater At the, the exact same time And then people are going to flock to see There's going to be like this like rush To go to see Good all, point. all the movies That we could have seen last year But we yeah. didn't like like James Bond and whatever, right? Like, like whatever yeah. Marvel has cooking. I don't I don't know. Um, there's gonna be a like a like like a log jam of movies at the same time, and you know there's gonna be like like a like a crush of movies, and people are gonna go and see them. It's gonna be like in the news, like oh my god, like people are flocking to the movies. Yeah,
4: that's a good point
0: there. But, but that'll probably be a short term thing, is what I'm saying.
4: So. In any regard, here the company market capitalization on amc let's just go take a look where it is and i'll uh, just give you the yeah. uh, uh
3: my, my focus number is 17 and a quarter because that was the second highest uh high that it had during the craziness uh you snuck over 18 in the pre-market 1808 you're still up there so as always look for uh looks for some confirmation looks to file through through that uh, pre-market high of 1808 dennis you did mention the market cap the dilution it's it's worth 6
4: billion at this point i'm not sure what it was back in 2015-16 when the stock was 35 so again if you're new to investing day trading um or trading in general um, when you're looking at companies from a fundamental basis, I like to look at what is the company worth. You know, you're know, you looking at market cap, which is the number of outstanding shares times the current price. If you double the amount of outstanding shares, then obviously you know, the price only has to go up halfway to what it was for the company's value to be at an all-time high. So somebody was saying that's already the case with AMC. Again, I don't know how much dilution there's been. I haven't crunched the numbers. So, um, but just be aware that, you know, it's same thing with like we were saying with the cruise lines, there was a lot of dilution there. So some of these cruise lines are actually trading at all-time market cap highs, despite, you know, the stock still being significantly off of their highs. So something to be aware of, um, we, the best example is Citigroup. I mean, you can look at Citigroup and saying, well, yeah, that stock's, you know, maybe at an all-time market capitalization high, but the stock's all-time high was $500 because there was a lot less shares. They diluted the hell out of it to survive Back during the financial crisis um, back in 2007. So, you know, you look at Citigroup at $77 and say, what an investment that has been. Not so fast. You know, if you've invested back in 2000, 2001, 2002, Citigroup stock was $500 back then. So it still has never got back and may never because of the dilution. AIG may be the best example. AIG, all time high, $1,700 a share. It's now 50. So that's what dilution does to you in the long run. It doesn't allow the price to go back up because you've added so many more shares. The government added a lot of those shares where it just simply can't get back up to those prices because at those prices, AIG would be the most valuable company in the world, which doesn't make any sense at all. By far.
5: By far.
0: So Let's talk chips if we can for a second. We've got NVIDIA reporting tonight. But in the meantime, we had Zscaler out last night, and their report was quite good earnings per share of 15 cents versus a 7 cent estimate, sales of 176 million versus 163 million. They also raised their guidance for the year while they were at it, they raised their EPS guidance uh from about 40 cents to 47 cents per share and they, they raised their sales guidance for the year from around $635 million to around $665 million for the year. Uh Q4 guidance was strong as well.
4: Big pop, tech is back in favor. We've talked about this for the last week and a half. Um, so you're seeing some of these tech pops hold. You know, the, the turn was really on, on take two earnings as well, which it kind of disappointed, but then they started buying them because it's sentiment towards the sector and people want to be back in tech stocks. So they're buying them up. It's holding up quite well. I will say Z scale are a huge double top at 200 bucks. So that's major resistance for you. I did not see where trade after hours.
3: Uh, it traded up to 191.72. And, That's right uh, where it is uh, right, now. right now. Yeah, uh, right now, boy, oh, boy. It looks like someone's just saying, hey, I'll sell stock right now between, you know, 91.5 and 92. Now they're nibbling it to 92s. I think just let this one float up, see what the pre-market high is. If you want to hold out for i – I'd see a high at 91.48. If you're looking for more – 96.29 is the next daily high on that. It could stop anywhere in between, but uh, just, I mean, it, there's a seller, there's a buyer, and they're exchanging at 192. A little rich uh, for my blood to be getting long here, but see where that pre market high is.
0: Uh, Probably some sympathy plays here this morning. Um, i had a few but i didn't, I didn't write them down before. there's a lot
4: in that sector yeah. so yeah. it's like where do you want to go i mean all of and you've got a lot of tech stocks trading higher here this morning big tech not as much but some of the smaller ones and then you can go we got you know the chips tonight right nvidia oh yeah it's gonna report tonight it's got the split on the table it's up four bucks here you got snowflake gonna report it's trading up a couple bucks and you got like stocks like octa okay t a trading not, up 2 dollars ahead of the what report
0: I, what i was
3: why guessing. why did Invi- why did nvidia not wait to um announce the split when they or which so it was so close to earnings i don't know, I don't know. They didn't want to throw traders like me that are putting on the straddle under the bus. Okay. <laughs> from the, from I'm just the Apple. Kidding.
4: Remember? <laughs> when All I right. put the straddle and then Apple
3: announced the seventh one stock split on earnings day, and I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah, just NVIDIA. you know the good news, bad news kind of thing. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the report.
0: Uh but we, we, we'll- we just we just had an uptick on MGM. Nothing major, but the uh, the headline just came through that Amazon's gonna buy MGM studios for 8.4 billion so that looks like it's going through um we didn't get around to that yesterday but i don't don't know if you want to look at amazon here uh there's also the drop of
4: the bucket for them so i don't think much is going to happen there i still have amazon in the long-term portfolio consolidation station which we know we like to strike in consolidation station i'm not sure which way this this uh, resolves itself above 3300 you start thinking okay maybe the bulls got a case but amazon's just been a fade for the last six months. It's really gone nowhere. We'd like look out, you've been between three, really for a year now. We've been between 3,000 and 3,500. Just shopping around, digesting the big move we had out of COVID, which was a huge move. It's not a cheap stock by any means, but I still think Amazon is still, if not one of the best, the best
3: company in the world. Ended up green on the day, even with that news. So I don't know, between that and the Apple epic battle, which is going to drag on for months. I mean, just more more headache, you know, not to worry about. But the street shrugged it off. It was end of the day green yesterday. That little dip that we had around 1130, that's when the news came out. That's when they, uh, Amazon made the low for the day. And that's when uh, uh, the Spoo's made their low for the day, too. s and <laughs> knocking up against 4,200 here, still up 14 and a quarter.
0: Somebody asked what's going on with UVXY. There's a 1 for 10 uh, split today. So that is nothing to see there. That's Probably keep the
4: price up because the yes, thing just continues yes. to be one yes. of the most toxic investment vehicles out there. And what I mean by that is if you're buying this thing, it just goes down. Yep. You get these little spikes during periods of market uncertainty, and then it just keeps continuing to go down. It is the terrible worst long-term investment you can ever make if you're buying UVXY as a trading vehicle only. Don't put this in your long-term investment account. You're almost guaranteed. Nothing is a guarantee in life, but UVXY is a close to thing. If you are long UVXY in your long-term investment account for over a couple of years, you are highly, highly likely, 90% numbers is probably higher than 90% numbers to lose money. Don't stick UVXY
0: in your long-term portfolio. You lose money. Um, all right. Well, I'm working on getting Chuck uh self on. He's in the background, but uh, we're having some counter problems. Uh but he's here. We're working on that in the background while we while we, while I keep working on that. Let's go to uh Dix. Yeah, okay. Let's go to retail. we'll uh, we'll we're, we're go from this morning. Dicks uh, out earnings Q1 adjust EPS uh three dollars and seventy-nine cents. Per share versus a one dollar. Holy! I, cow. I I think that these estimates are just off because like it's impossible to <laughs> estimate. It's these impossible. companies are just killing. <laughs> it's it's impossible that. to estimate. Okay, the sales is more is more comparable. That's a more reasonable number sales: two point nine two billion versus two point one eight billion dollars. So they beat that number. Um, fiscal year EPS guidance they guided in in the eight dollar range. Uh, for their earnings per share, they guided, they guided in the mid to high $10 billion range for uh, sales for the year. Uh, they also plan to buy back $200 million of common stock this year. And that's uh, what I got.
4: You almost uh, always, like, it seems like all these stocks, anything to do with outdoor activities, just continues to blow it away. Um, the reaction to the stock is not always positive, it just depends. This is such a blow away. There was nowhere for this to go, but probably higher. I mean, $3.79 a quarter. So, I mean, all of these companies are just kicking ass and taking names, the companies themselves. The stock needs to get up, make a new all-time high. It needs to hold on to these gains today. I'm not going to try to, this could go either way. It's coin flip territory because the numbers are so good. Maybe they're just going to continue to drive the price higher value traders. But remember, I still believe, you know, for a lot of these companies that this is like the, the peak cycle right now. We're I mean we were right COVID environments, you know, people are doing outdoor activities more so than they ever have in the past. If we're coming out of COVID, I would expect, you know, a year from now that Dix probably isn't going to be putting up these crazy numbers, but great for them. Great performance by the company. Um I'm not going to try to guess on where the stock's going.
3: Uh I'm not going to guess either. I'm just going to tell you what the pre market high is. The pre market high is ninety one forty two. You only have one number that's 91.80, right? And that's the all time high. So if you're looking for a little bit more, get through that pre market high. just would uh, be, you know, if your target is above 91.80, make sure it gets over 91.80 first. And also don't fall for like, you take out 91.80, you go to 92.02, and then you come back down through that 91.80. So a couple of tricks of the trade. all time closing high is 89.66. Looks all like right. we have a chance to best that today.
0: We've got uh, Chuck Self here, not going to be joining us via video, but we have audio, and that's all that we really need. Chuck Self is the CEO and COO of I Sectors. Mr. Self, good morning. Can you hear me? It, yes. Uh, how are you guys doing? Excellent. We got you on audio, and that's just as well. Yeah. Sorry. How, about that.
1: That's okay. How are you doing in these markets, man? Oh, uh, these are really wild markets. Um, as you know, we are uh, we play in all the different markets, even beyond stocks. And um, our, our, our long bond position has started to uh, do well. And then we've been um, also long commodities in some of our strategies. And, and uh, I'd love to talk to you about commodities today.
0: What kinds of commodities are talking about here? Well, uh, metals, what, what, what's up?
1: Yes, is the answer. And uh, what, what your, your listeners are going to be interested in is that uh, you can stay in the stock market and still – participate in commodities. As you know, commodities have have, uh, been in a six-month outperformance of stocks uh, themselves. And uh, we think this is the beginning of a a longer-term move where commodities will finally outperform stocks. As you well know, over the past at least 10 years, uh, commodities have have underperformed uh, stocks. And so um, there's going to be both uh, trading opportunities for the traders and uh, great diversification opportunity. Uh, right,
0: so, so let's start with the short term opportunities. Where, where where, are your eyes at for short term stuff?
1: Yeah, well, um, we, we we have a lot of different ways uh, that that we uh, play it. You can play it both broad and you can play it in both and then specific uh, uh, commodities. Um, on the specific side, uh, we love the precious metals, uh, especially in the short term. Um, uh, and you could play it as far as um, owning stock by owning, uh, ETFs. And so you could play, uh, right. yeah, we, we, we use, um, PSLV, which is the SPROT um, physical, uh, silver shares. Um, it's, it's a little bit special because it's a closed and mutual fund, actually not an ETF and it's uh, based in Canada. Now that's, um, and I'll get back to why that's important, but anyway, as far as knowing what it, it does. It actually owns the silver in the that um, backs up the closed-end trust at the Royal Canadian Mint. Now, you know, the Royal Canadian Canadian Mint is going to be there no matter what. We don't have to worry about that silver going away. But it it, it actually every share has uh, physically backed uh, silver. You can go on their website and you can see the numbers of the bars if you really want to, you know, get into that. And uh, they have auditors that come in and, and audit a few times a year to make sure uh, that's, that's the, the case. Now, there are U.S. ETF, uh, silver ETFs, uh, S I V R. the Aberdeen Standard Physical Silver Shares is one of them. But you want to own, if you're, if you're in a taxable account, you want to own uh, the Sprott. Um, and the technicality is, is that um, in the U.S., any fund that is backed by futures it's taxed as a collectible it's not taxed as a security as far as the capital gains are concerned so when you take capital gains you pay 28 uh, percent taxes on it um, whereas if it was uh, security you pay 15 to 20 percent depending on your 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 tax bracket well it's brought oh, it's being so in Canada okay. uh, uh, being in Canada <laughs> and, and um, is considered a security under U.S. tax laws, Market. and uh, you get a better capital gain um, exposure. And it, you know, it, market-wise, they both um, act the same, but you uh, you you get this better uh, taxable situation. Now, if, you know, if you're in a tax exempt account, then it doesn't matter. You can own the, the U.S. Um, and uh, SIBR. Now, PSLV the SPROT is a little more expensive, but um, you know, they they act pretty much the same. Um, the 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 second one uh, we really like now, and I've been uh, talking about for a while, is oil. We think that uh, uh, crude oil is is uh, on its uh, you know on its way uh, for another uh, continued short term gain, and the uh, most efficient way to play that in the ETF market is O I L K. That's the pro-shares Crude Oil strategy. What, why why is this the most efficient way to play oil? Because well um, it's most efficient for for the investors again if they're taxable, because most oil ETFs are taxed as partnerships. So if that if that happens, then at the end of the year you get a K one, and your tax advisor has to uh, file your as um, a file the holding as a partnership, and and it, and that just you know rings up the cash register for the tax preparer. This Uh, This fund is, again, just ends up um, acting like a, a regular fund. You get a 1099, a 1499, and you don't have to do anything with partnership accounting as far as tax is concerned. And so... Um, it, again, it doesn't matter if you're uh, in a in a tax-free account. Hey, Chuck, there, can I hop there, in here
4: with
3: a couple questions? Sure. I just
4: wanted to before you. That's very interesting with the K one free. I've never seen even it says pro shares K one free crude oil strategies. So. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah,
1: and, and that's and and uh, it, it's the best way to for taxable accounts to play the oil market.
4: Yeah, like I said, I you know at Bright Trading, you know we get K one partnership income, so a hundred percent of what I have you know is taxed. So there is different taxing brackets depending on where you are, who you are, and, and obviously your own taxing situation. But K one income has, is taxed different than a ten ninety nine,
1: and it's complicated. Is. And it it's is complicated, and and so most most people don't want to uh, again uh, pay their tax attorney or or whatever more money. So yeah, to, to uh,
4: do to file K one,
1: right, uh, right, right. So. Um, oh, oh, okay. Let me ask you about
3: the, the oil here. Yeah. Um, what about the whole going green? How about electric cars? I mean, is Oh, it, yeah,
1: it, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's that's 10 plus uh, years away. I, wait, wait, I, wait. I, wait, wait.
3: Tell mean? me how you really feel. What do you
1: mean? <laughs> what do you mean? They're out there right now. No, no, they're out there, but the uh, adoption of it um, broadly in, in the economy is a 10 year year plus. Eight. Now, I, I, I'm a tree hugger. I, I'm an environmentalist. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you uh, not from my heart. I'm telling you from my uh, head what, what's going to happen. The, uh, the battery technology, as we have found out uh, by, you know, following Tesla and some of these other people, uh, have been much slower to develop than uh, uh, people had uh, expected and uh, uh I, I read an article about someone that said uh, uh 5 years ago that you know by by uh, 2020 2021 half the cars would be electric well they certainly aren't electric because you, you uh, outside of a bmw you can't even go 400 miles on a charge yet and so uh it's it's unfortunately it's it's going to be much slower than uh, uh than people expect and that the market expect and, that's, and as more and more people realize this, and as the economy recovers globally, oil is going to be in, uh, in, in great demand. And so we are uh, bullish on, on both energy stocks but, and also oil in particular.
3: All right. Let me throw another thing at you here. Uh, a lot of people are talking about the reason you have the, you know, the rise in commodities is because, obviously, uh, you know, the supply chains were shut down. And then you get the economy going again. People are building houses and buildings and everything. So now the lumber, maybe yeah. they could they could harvest the lumber, but they couldn't process it. What it, you know, and transitory, that word that yeah, we heard. I know, yeah, I know. What I if know. you, you know, what in two or three months? I mean, lack of supply, right? Increasing demand. Maybe maybe these things are just overvalued in the short term. I mean, that's what uh, Pump and Pile thinks. He thinks that this is transitory. So, what about just about the supply chains being behind?
1: And, and of course, different views is what makes the market. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, we could be wrong on this. We've gone back and done, uh, looked at uh, research, even academic research, on these demand pull inflations. There's two types of inflations this cost push inflation and demand pull inflation. Um, those of us, and I, I know a few of us on this call, are old enough to remember the '70s and the Arab oil embargo, uh, when you know all of a sudden supply was uh, taken away from us, and that was a cost-push inflation. the The price of energy uh, went through everything in the economy. This is a demand-pull inflation, in that uh, there, because of the demand, and you know maybe some of it's transitory, but it. But uh we feel that this is a longer term uh, situation. Uh, the demand pulled inflation is what's causing that. The studies show that when a when commodities start outperforming in a demand pulled inflation, it outperforms equities for three to five years, and we're only six months into this so um, we, okay. we, and so we 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 think you know. Give be a good inflation yeah.
3: hedge. Well, I mean, I have some commodity. I have some commodity, yeah, there, I have some commodity funds. I got gold. Yeah. I got silver. You know what? Here, give, here's, give here's another
1: up. interesting one. Here's, here's here's something interesting. There's another ETF called the IQ Global Resource ETF, GRES. And for those that um, are a little, um, you know, think that commodities themselves may be a little scary, this is a really interesting fund. Because what they do is they take um, equities that are linked to commodities, and they use momentum and valuation factors to determine uh, what they're going to own in that portfolio. But then, uh, on top of it, they give you a short exposure to global equities. So, as you in any stock, there's uh, especially a commodity stock. There's you know the underlying business, and then there's what's going on broadly in the equity market well this fund in essence hedges away uh what's happening in the uh broad global market and and you just get in essence pure exposure to uh, what's going on in the commodities underneath. Does it pay a dividend companies. at all, do you know? You know, I have to admit, I I, I, okay. I don't know that. I, uh, somebody it, it looks stuff. like
4: it does, it actually
1: it, it, has. Well, it should, it should because it's, it's, it's equities. But it, it, it's interesting to look at the top three holdings. The top three holdings are China Xenu Eng- Energy, this is a global fund, Ecolab and Newmont. Okay, you, you you get Newmont and you get China Xenu, uh Energy, but according to their research Ecolab, uh, which is uh, uh, based uh, down the street from from me in Oshkosh, Wisconsin uh, is uh, um, I'm sorry Nina Wisconsin uh, is is um, has a uh, commodities um, uh, aspect to it so uh, it's you know they, they the IQ people which is New York life has have done a, a tremendous amount of research on this and um, it's been, it, it, actually, it's been one of our best uh, commodity holdings uh, over time. And so then they short, they, they, short, uh, they put a 10% short on the SP 500 index and 10% short on the uh, MSCI uh, EFA EAFE index, the Developed the, the, uh, the Market International Index, and that, and that does the deal for them.
0: I, I'm loving this. Whether or not you agree with any of Chuck's takes is almost besides the point because, like, like as I, you know, have have said, uh, you know, I love ETFs, right? And I love them because uh, there is so many of them out there that do so many interesting things. And so the three that we just discussed, right? G R E S, which is up on the screen, uh, O L I K, and and uh, what was the first one, Chuck? I'm sorry,
1: P-S-L-B. P-S-L-B. Um, yeah, or S-I-B-R.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. So much. You know, these do. So somewhat complicated things, but they but they're they they're good for some people. They're 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 tax efficient in some way, shape, or form, or they do some sort of complex strategy, and they exist for a reason because they're they're appropriate for some people. So uh, check them out if they're uh, if you think they're appropriate for you. They're not for everyone, um, but I always like learning about these uh, more obscure ETFs, right? Because uh they are obscure but they they work for some people and they're they're in the marketplace for a reason in the first place so chuck self is the CIO of iSectors uh I've enjoyed talking to Chuck today I hope uh, Dennis and Joel have too chuck we will catch you later we'll stay in touch and uh we'll keep tabs on your command. Get you
3: back down again soon, Chuck. Always great. Yep.
0: To,
3: you, well, unique well, content. Get that camera well, working so we can see yeah, that. I, I, know, I
1: know. I know. I uh, know. Yeah. And by the way, out my backyard here, a deer just went by. So you got to oh. love northern Wisconsin.
0: Nice. Well, yeah. All right. It, it, I guess that's south for you, Dennis, but north for the rest of us. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 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 Thanks a lot, Chuck. All right, uh, let's do a couple minutes of ticker time if we ha- if we can. If you have any questions, drop them in, in the chat. Sean uh, Lopez says, I like ETS because I'm a lazy trader. I'm not even really that much of a trader. I just like ETS, man. Um, uh, let's do some ticker times. And uh, at, at 9 o'clock, I'm going to bring on uh, one of my colleagues, Elliot Lane, to talk about uh, our upcoming cannabis capital conference. So, okay, tickers flying now. QS, which is not one we looked at. I haven't at. looked at it for a while. Right wow
4: why not rallying we've seen a lot of the growth names a lot of those you know high like you know pre-revenue names starting to catch a bit this one has not i guess maybe ride you know not helping it here either um but that's concerning that it's just not catching a bit the stock should be rallying in the last week and a half and it's going the other way so relative strengths very 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 poor which scares me but oversold it is oversold i wouldn't be shorting it here
3: uh, Spencer, you want to release the charts here? What do you mean? Uh, do I have are my charts up? Yeah, yeah I see. The charts. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just looking at Look at this string of lower highs here. Wait for that to be broken. You probably, if you want to draw a little trend line there, but, uh, how many lower highs have you had? I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So eventually it's going to break that, uh, where it's going to go. <laughs> I don't know. I just would, if it starts to rally, just make sure it gets through each of these lower daily highs. Not much to analyze there. All right. Uh, Was
0: it James Santangelo? I think it was that noted Tattooed Chef's been on a run. Do you take your money and run if you've made a profit in this thing?
4: TTCF. Yeah.
3: Go ahead, Dennis. I'll let you go first. Um,.
4: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's had a nice run. Again, we've been talking about the move into the growth names, um you know, and SPAC, they were, this was a SPAC, I believe, too. We've just seen, you know, like I would have thought QuantumScape would look like this when I got in the shirt for a while, and it doesn't, which is concerning. It's had a nice run. You got major resistance; it's bumping its head up against. I mean, really, the stock. If you're coming in and buying it now, I think you're late to the party. Uh, but with that being said, you know it was higher than this. Somewhere um, you know, we're still off the highs a, a bit. So if I was trying to get in now, I'd wait for a pullback. If I was long it, yeah, I would take the profits. But that's just me. I always sell too soon. So <laughs>
3: uh, I mean, if you really, uh, my main focus would be is can this thing get up to the double top at twenty two fifty? That would be my next target. Well, that's where
4: I got yesterday. It, and, yeah, what, I got to twenty
3: two nineteen, 22.19 and yeah. I don't, you know, it backed off that, but. You know, see what happens. See if you can get there. I think a good thing to keep an eye on would be just not taking out. If you want to try and exit on weakness instead of strength, let's just move it up. Yesterday's high or yesterday's low, twenty fifty one. Then you fall down to a double bottom at uh, nineteen eighty. So move the stop up. I if it got to twenty two fifty today, I'd I'd be pretty tempted to ring the register.
0: What about C E R N, which we I haven't so, talked about? I don't know ever. Uh, maybe. Maybe we've talked about it. Hey, we just
3: dropped. What's going on?
0: We just dropped. Oh, we dropped a little bit. Uh, yeah, what point. is going on? We are moving down.
4: Come on, Dennis. I don't know. All right. Uh, um, That's why I have the Benzinger Pro. Uh, hey,
3: hello. Yeah, news me. Finally, there's something's going on on the show. No, there's something's going on. Do we have a number? No, it's just before nine o'clock. Uh, help me, guys. I'm nope. not Nothing, Nothing. just another Joel overreaction. Okay.
0: I'm really not seeing anything out there. Um, Unless you see something, Dennis, but I don't. Uh, CERN, though. Let's we'll talk about it.
3: Okay. Cerner? Dennis, go ahead. I'm, yeah. I'm going to pull up my chart.
4: I don't know. No, Dennis, cancel
3: uh, that. Cancel yeah, that. I know.
4: I'm getting distracted by the market, too. Uh, we're we're <laughs> in consolidation station here the last few days. I don't know. It was a wild day for yesterday. I kind of had an outside range where you got a lower high and a higher high. <laughs> yeah. So Ooh. it's a wild, wild candle for it yesterday. Let's see. $80 is a major resistance point. Let's see what it can do there.
3: Yeah, I don't see what it's doing in the pre-market, but that's a big bar. I mean, this major seller, just over 79. So if you see 79 today, just be aware. Got over it the last three sessions and kind of came off hard, almost matching uh matching lows on the downside mm-hmm. here, right at 77. So keep it green, breaking 77, you got a little mm-hmm. bit. Of, actually, there's three out of five lows there in the same area. Big seller at 79, kind of in the middle of the nowhere at 78.
0: Do we think, do we think the headline out of China is enough to move it, the market like that? That they're going to limit some corn imports and cancel several U.S. cargos?
4: I don't know. Only, we only moved
0: down to 3-4 yeah.
4: points, right, so it wasn't right. that significant, yeah. but I am seeing some stuff roll over. I'm trying to look at imbalances to see if anything was moving there, so... Now we're leaking. We've been leaking all morning slightly. Like we're, we're look at the overnight chart here, Joel. Let's just sure. bring up the futures to get a feel for where we've been overnight because it's a good exercise. A lot of times, you know, traders are just wondering where we're going to go, what we've done. Well, what have we done overnight? It's always a good exercise to look because where we were, you know, sometimes you know it's it's hard to get back up to those levels. So if we look at you know where we were last night here. Joel's bringing it up there for you. How high yeah. were we?
3: Uh, we got to, we're, we're 10 points off the high 10
4: points off the highs.
3: Yeah. You know, what's really aggravating is, uh, the, um, the CME has changed their clothes now in the S and P's to, uh, the, the, the mid range or the VWAP of the last minute of the day. Mm-hmm. So like, you never, like it, I was trying to buy the clothes last night. I never thinking they never even saw the close uh, of 85 and a half. So that's on the downside. No, no red until we get through 85 and a half and oh four and a quarter really nothing up there the all-time highs up there at oh three and a half couple quiet quiet days heading into end of the month also three-day weekends so we're hanging up here we're not we're not pulling back we're not you know we haven't said hey this is the top of the trading range yet still trying to bust through uh, to new all-time highs
0: all right. On that note, I'm going to GameStop say,
4: up twenty two bucks now. Really? So again, yeah, it's running up another ten bucks. So again, we don't have confirmation yet, but we're going to try to find out for you guys today um, if they GameStop did indeed launch that site.
0: Two thirty, 230, two thirty five. It got to yeah. Holy moly! We're in the full little
4: squeeze of all these names. AMC is up another buck thirty. so so, so, we're in okay,
0: so, so like the, what's the reference point to to the extent that one exists? Like three. Like three what was the high from before that, 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 that second spike it was 348 he got to. So, like, I yeah. don't know.
4: Yeah. Does it start to put that on the Joel Alcon sale? Does it start uh, to <laughs> Joel sold the top on this thing? Does top that lows. come back into play? Lows. I mean, it could. Um, it's yeah. stocking again go anywhere. If you're trading this on fundamentals, you are <laughs> doing it wrong. Don't this kind of stuff just does not trade well on fundamentals.
3: All right, I'll, Spencer. I know you got uh, got um, Elliot coming on. I'm
0: going to, yeah.
3: I'm going to, I'm going to stick around here, folks, uh, for yeah. a few minutes. So I, I missed some symbols. I'm going to start with Facebook. Takes me a okay. little time to type, but
0: all right, go ahead. Take it all away, right. Spencer. All right, we, we don't do enough, uh, uh, I think, of talking about uh, our events um, before they happen at Benzinga. Uh, so I want to bring on Elliot Lane here, who is on our events team, because uh, we've got one of our Primo events coming up here. The Cannabis Capital Conference is June third and fourth. Is that right, Mr. That Langer? is right, man. And thanks for giving me some time. I'm not usually on this early. I well, I know, man. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta play play fast and loose here with us. Uh, so okay, uh, the reason I, I reached out to you is because you had messaged me and yes. said that we had the 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 slate for the conference had just gotten a lot stronger. Yeah. Right? So, so, so tell us here, let's do this. Uh, tell us who exactly is t- is attending, what companies, I mean, are yeah. attending this conference and we'll be presenting. So a lot of stocks you all have heard of, some you haven't. Um, for We'll
5: start with uh, Spencer's favorites. We do have advisor shares joining us. Uh, so if you want to invest in the industry as a whole, we'll have MSOS and YOLO. I like MSOs. It. Um, so two very strong ETS through advisor shares. We're gonna have Canopy Growth there. Uh they speak at all of our events. Um, if you don't know them, CGC, uh, they are uh, one of the global leaders. Love them or hate them. They they still are a global leader. Um made a huge acquisition recently uh, with Supreme Cannabis and Canopy. Uh, or I'm sorry in Canada. So hopefully they'll talk about that. True leave, T C N N F. Um and that's that's a huge one. Big medical cannabis company uh, just made a huge multi-billion dollar acquisition uh, to expand their footprint into the West Coast. Um, so, I mean, a lot of consolidation talk at this event um, with truly Canopy, with um, Flora Growth, a new NASDAQ, FLGC. Uh, one, if you don't want to invest in OTC stocks, we will have plenty of NASDAQ stocks like Grow Generation, uh, like Urban Grow, uh, Flora Growth, as I mentioned. Uh, those ETFs, Agrify, A-G-F-Y, um, it's honestly, it's it's the who's who of cannabis. So if you want to invest in cannabis uh, or or put any type of dollars into that market um, just to, to see how it grows, they're going to be at this event. And sure. I, so that, I guess one more stock that I forgot to announce I'm super excited about, IIPR uh, will be joining us to discuss sale leasebacks and REITs and how those are affecting the market right now.
0: Um, so what's, what's the situation here? The, it, it's free to attend, but not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Is that right? It's going to be right here uh, on YouTube. So, uh,
5: we have a couple levels of streaming. So if you are an accredited or institutional investor, uh, you can come and network with these, uh, C suites, but you can watch it right here next Thursday and Friday, uh, on our
0: YouTube channel. Uh, It'll Bill, be two
5: tracks each day.
0: Bill Big D asked to where the conference is. Bill Big D, the conference is in your house, man. It's virtual, <laughs> it's virtual, but, but Elliot, while we're on the subject, um, have, do, we have, do we have any timeline on real uh, in-person events or now?
5: Yeah, I think, honestly, we're probably looking at like a September, October timeframe. It's not official. I'm not okay. making an announcement okay. there. Okay. Um, but we'll say, ideally, okay. this is our last virtual, fully virtual cannabis
0: i i I just put you on the spot there uh yeah okay okay so uh it's free to attend it'll be on youtube the link uh is up on the screen bzcannabis.com uh but there's you can you can passively watch it and engage in the chat on youtube but you can also get like one-on-one time is that right
5: Oh uh, well, if you're institutional,
0: if you're credit, if you're yeah, credit. but
5: I will say, uh, I'll be I'll be emceeing a couple tracks here. My brother Patrick will be emceeing. We pass along your questions quite often. Uh, if they leave time for questions, we we do pass them along. So uh, Solar Up, I see you're there, man. He's a, he's a good conference attendee for us. Uh, driven by STEM, uh, if that's the same STEM he's talking about, uh, maybe not. Um, so, they they could be there as well.
0: So again, names that you all know. Right. Cannabis yeah. growth. Uh, leave, which I've talked about a number of times. I, I own that. IIPR. It's what uh, uh, Elliot just said. Uh, these are big, big names in the space. We, all, we only do like what? Three cannabis events a year. Is that right? Yeah. This is
5: our this is our OG uh, investment conference, y'all. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing the FinTech Awards forever. We've been doing this for almost three years, uh, and we're really good at it. So you come out, come out, or, you know, actually, you don't have to come out anywhere. You can walk to your office and turn on the computer. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and it, the in-person cannabis events are obviously the most fun for obvious reasons. But oh, we, yeah. we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Benzinga or bzcannabis.com to learn more about the upcoming Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference. Again, June 3rd and 4th, right here on Benzinga's YouTube. Elliot, thanks for hopping on for Thank a you, few man. minutes, man. And uh, whenever you get new names, let me know so I can let the people know.
5: Done. I'll pass that list on to you and we'll keep you updated. Thanks right. for having me on, y'all. Thanks a lot, man.
0: All right. Uh, it is 9.07. Uh, so I've been mentioning uh, uh, in the last couple weeks that we are looking to do more, uh, a more variety of stuff at the Open. We've been doing David Green, um, but, but David Green can't do every day, and he's not doing this week. So what we've got going on today is we've got Robert Roy, who, if you watch our show on Friday afternoons, uh, he's, our, he's our options, or one of our options, guys. Uh, he does a really, really good Uh, stream about just like options education, uh, and like outlining his strategy. Uh, it's very simple to understand. Uh, he takes a lot of questions from the chat. Uh, it's very engaging. He's going to be live at the open, uh, going not doing live trading per se, but like walking through his setups per day. And again, he's an options guy, so he's not going to be talking straight, you know, straight stocks and. Or sell this or that. He's not going to be doing that. He's going to be coming at it from an options point of view. But that'll be the next stream coming up right now. Um, Producer AB, do you have you have any any insights? Uh, good morning. By the way, do you have any insights into what
6: uh, Robert Roy is going to talk about or, or not really? Good morning, Zinger Nation. Um, you know, I talked to Rob, and we're going to touch on some meme stocks. We're going to talk, talk about some gate, some GameStop, some AMC. Oh man. Um, so I think it's gonna be an exciting, exciting at the open stream.
0: Okay. Uh, by the way, I want to mention, um, uh, Aaron and I do a <laughs> a daily podcast. Uh, that if you have, you know, if you if you want, um, like a five minute update. It, it, they're all about five minutes, right? AB, is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah, the
6: one today is six minutes. I'm actually all going right. to post that right now.
0: Okay, so AB a- and I do a, a daily like market recap. It's supposed to be five minutes or less, and it's supposed to be like 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 super casual and unrefined in the sense that Aaron and I just sort of hit the record button and whatever comes out of our mouth comes out of our mouth. It's not like the most structured thing, but that's the way we like it uh so it's called um
6: what is ring it the bell let me drop the link the the once i get this yeah.
0: uh it's on it's on wherever you get your podcasts it's on spotify it's on google it's on itunes it's a, wherever you get it's on all the major podcast platforms ring the bell from benzinga check it out it's aaron and i for like five minutes per day just like going through the biggest headlines and and news from the previous day so check that out um and you're gonna post the link in uh, in chat. Okay. Uh, what else is, is on your radar here, man? This morning, anything?
6: Um. I mean, I was looking at if Amazon. Wait, was moving. Actually, wait,
0: can I can I interrupt my own question? In interrupting here, did <laughs> did you 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 saw the GameStop like page right? The NFT page.
6: I did not. Was that the game thing you were talking about?
0: Yeah, that was the NFT thing.
6: So I heard you. I heard you talking about it. I didn't get to see it. Like, was, so, so
0: here, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. Do you think this is real? Do you think this page is real? I'm just I, I just want to know. Is it like
6: on GameStop's real? It's, it's nft.gamestop.com. nft.gamestop.com. Yeah. Um and
0: then and then if you click on the little dot, the little pixel on the top right, it brings you to that the game I was playing, which I'm not going to do again. Here's the Ethereum code.
6: So, I don't do you, know. I mean, you it could um, have either- you, you, you it could, want to be, it could, it
0: Yeah, go ahead. It
6: could be someone that's just trying to be a savvy GameStop investor that wants to make it look like they're doing something with NFTs. But, um, you know, I, th- I think if once GameStop does get involved, if they do in any NFT stuff, we'll see some official press re- press releases and whatnot from the company. So um, we'll see. I-, I hope it's real. It looks cool.
0: Well, it's up, um, what, like 35 30% now in the last 24 hours? So at 234 here this morning what else you, you said you're watching amazon because of the mgm thing
6: i just was seeing if it was moving pre-market which it didn't look it looked like it was up like half a percent or something uh, last time i checked no yeah it's not really doing much i mean it's up but i mean i mean amazon is so big that no matter what they do their moves right. will have like more of a negligible move on their stock price compared to other yeah. stocks For sure, for sure.
0: Uh, All right, let me just run through my list and see if there's anything that I missed from this morning. We didn't cover uh, GWN, Nordstrom. Uh, Their earnings were, um, again, not comparable to estimates, really. Actually, I think their ETS came in a smidge of light. There was, must have been some adjustment there. They reaffirmed their sales growth guidance of the year 25%. They say that digital sales increased 28% in the first quarter. Uh, the stock is down, though, this morning in the pre-market session. At least it was last I checked, and yes, it still is. So uh, We didn't cover Nordstrom. What else didn't we cover that was on my list? We didn't cover um, Actually, that may have been it. I had a relatively short list of stocks this morning. We didn't cover Urban Outfitters. We didn't cover Toll Brothers or Intuit. Um, they also reported. Um, I saw when it came in this morning. You know, it was at the top of my my up movers. Was, what was B- that Spencer Build a Bear?
6: BBW. Yeah, I it was. Like, it, it, it was
0: like number one or number two on my up filter this morning. Uh, they had earnings, but it's not. It's not now. Um, <laughs> but. Every time I see that stock here, let me bring up a chart so, so we can look at that. Well, uh,
6: I mean, people were playing it as like a reopening mall play. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, where's my, where's my chart?
6: Here, yeah, I think I think Bilderberg actually is from uh, St. Louis. I think originally, I don't know if it's still headquartered there, but it,
0: it, it, that's where you're from, right?
6: Yep, St. Louis, for
0: certainly. Cool, cool, cool. Um, what else? I think that was it. Um, let me check the other chat. Oh, uh, I didn't cover um, didn't cover UPS. Sorry, I missed that in the chat. There's a few others that, that I missed. Uh, Joel's covering a few in chat right now, and we'll cover more throughout the day. Um, if you have a question, you don't have to get it answered on pre-market prep, right? We have Rob Roy, as I mentioned. Uh, he's super engaging in chat. Uh, you can ask him your questions in about 10 12 or minutes from now uh we got spax attack at 11 i'll be on today again with chris kachi filling in for mitch hodge who is uh out for the next couple of days uh we've got the power hour who we got who got the power Hour today uh maybe we got two guests right we got we got the ceo of uh, genius right andy hayward
6: yep that's uh right now i think that's what uh what we're sticking with um okay we might bring on another se- second surprise guest but for right now that that's it
0: Okay. Uh, get technical at one. Samantha Leduc is on today, I believe. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. We got Moon or Bust, which is our new crypto show, focused on altcoins. So they don't really talk about Bitcoin too much. They talk about everything else. Uh, if you're super into like Safe Moon and um, all the other random, I don't want to say crap, but some a lot of his crap, um, <laughs> random stuff in the crypto space. Moon or Bust at two o'clock. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Basically, Benzinga has like a group of uh, people here that are like super obsessed with this stuff. and This is literally all they talk about all day. So they're like, let's just do a show. So that's the show, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, right here on Benzinga's YouTube, Moon or Bust. We've got First Trade, which is our show specifically for new traders on at 3 o'clock. We got the At the Close show uh, at 3.30, and uh, we'll wrap up the day with some aftermarket therapy uh, later on in the evening um we
6: got a pack sounds like we got a packed day
0: we do have a packed day we do have a packed day so uh drop us a like if you haven't already hit subscribe please and you could win a free share of tesla when we drop when we cross a hundred thousand subscribers Link in description. Link posted in chat to the contest. Check it out. Yep, it's down there. It's it's exactly that's exactly right. Um, and if you if you, anyone has any ideas for any more shows, yeah, uh, we've had some people reach out to us with some ideas, and, and I, we are very very appreciative uh, of those who take the time to do that. Tweet at us. I'm my my handle is up on the screen at SJ Israel. Uh, even better though, email us. Email shows at benzinga.com. Uh, don't email me personally because that's just annoying and uh. You know, we, we have a thing here about Reply All. Uh, it's better to have more than one person on an email chain. Um, and if you email shows at Benzinga.com, it goes to me, it goes to AB, it goes to Mitch, it goes to all the producers here at Benzinga, uh, and the more in people involved, uh, the merrier. So shows at Benzinga.com. If you have any feedback, any ideas for new shows, if, if, you're, if you're like, hey, I've got an audience, then um, email us and and we'll talk about it. Uh, if you want a live trade, especially if you want a live trade, if you want a live trade, drop us the line. Um, AB, any other final thoughts? We've got Robert Roy in like eight minutes or so. so I want to, I want to hop off before that and uh, give the people a short break, and then this stream will redirect to that. But any, any final thoughts before, before we hop?
6: Um, I mean, no. I'm, I'm watching. It looks like crypto is kind of moving this morning. Ethereum back up. So that was something I, w- I was watching because I- I've had a theory the past like couple weeks with crypto where if crypto is doing well in the morning, it seems like it's going to be a good market day and vice versa. Um, I don't know if there's a correlation there or what, but it seems like the days where Bitcoin, Ethereum and all those are down, the market's down a little bit too. So I have a good feeling about today because we've been seeing some green in crypto. I think it was more overnight than this morning. Um Billy James in the in the chat is asking what time is power hour that's at noon eastern so 12 p.m. eastern we will be live on the power hour as we are every day Mr. Hotstocks Luke CEO Jason Raznick and yeah as we mentioned today we have a uh, We have genius CEO, Andy Hayward. Yep, Andy Hayward.
0: All right, guys, smash that like button if you would be so kind. We are at – are we at 500 likes today? I want to get to 500 likes. We are – no, we are are not. not. We are just shy. We're at 435. Let's get to 500 likes as I wrap up. Please remember all the information from our show, from all of our shows actually, are meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or – training advice if you want a free trial of Benzinga Pro it is our real time news and research tool that I use that AB a- uses all the time go to pro.benzinga.com if you want more than that you want a discount enter the code youtube20 to get 20% off any Benzinga Pro subscription if you want to become an affiliate and you want to uh, get paid for sending Benzinga Pro or sending people to Benzinga Pro, you can go to the link up on the screen right now, benzinga.partnerstack.com. That is our affiliate page to become a Benzinga Pro affiliate. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Chuck uh, Chuck Self. And that'll be uh, a wrap here on Pre-Market Prep. So, the, again, the stream will redirect to Robert Roy, which is going to start in about five minutes and you, don't, you shouldn't have to do anything. Maybe just hit play when it starts. Um, and, and that's it. That's it. So, everyone, thanks for watching. Are We got 500 likes. Uh, we're almost there, so I'll, I'll, I'll call it a day. Uh, everyone, good luck at the Open in your trading. Good luck throughout the day. I'll see you later on. It's Backstack and AB. I will see you uh, on Robert Roy.
6: Yep. Uh, yep. And thank you for having me on Pre-Market Prep Spencer And right. Zinger Nation, stick around for for live watch list at the Open with Robert Roy. Should be a great show. I'm excited. See you there. All right.